Recent actions by the General Services Administration are eliciting a strong response from contractors and consultants who are using phrases like acting like a bully and being held hostage. The issue at hand is how GSA contracting officers are negotiating prices under the Schedules Program. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, Executive Editor Jason Miller writes about why a growing number of contractors are upset with the hard line that GSA's Federal Acquisition Service is taking when modifying or renewing schedule contracts. And Jason joins me now to talk about it. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jared. Acting like a bully, pretty strong words. Um, what, what, are, what are exactly are vendors upset about here? Time and again, vendors have to come to GSA and say, hey, I need to add this labor category. And what vendors are telling me, and it's not just one vendor, two vendors, but it's a series of vendors and consultants and lawyers are all saying, saying the same thing. They're seeing this trend of GSA taking a very hard line and forcing agents, forcing vendors and, and contractors to reduce their prices by, in some cases, anywhere from 30 to 40 percent. So let's take a quick example. And this is happening mostly in the services industry. So if you're a services contractor and you uh, have a, a contract with GSA under the schedules program, and they approved your schedule five years ago, and your rate was $100 an hour for this type of uh, expert service provider. GSA is coming back and saying, based on the data we've seen, that rate should be $80 an hour or $70 an hour. And a lot of vendors are saying, okay, that doesn't seem fair. It's been five years since that $100 rate was established. How could the cost of people be going down? And GSA has been saying, yep, that's what it's going to be. And the vendors are faced with a situation. Do I take that rate that I could be losing money on? Or do I fight back and potentially lose my scheduled contract? And it's really in a really tough position. And instead of negotiating, instead of doing this out of good faith, what I'm being told by a lot of vendors and, and consultants are GSA has just taken it's it's black or white and there's no gray area in between. And that just doesn't sit well with a ton of vendors. And, and, and it does not the way GSA has acted in the past either. So the, the, these vendors obviously feel that the, the, the prices that GSA is proposing or what GSA has determined to be fair and reasonable is not grounded in reality. Do, do we know what kind of data they're using? I'm not sure how much it matters, but, but where are they, they're getting these prices from? So we don't. And that's one of the questions I asked GSA and their response back to me. And I, and I got a chance to talk. I got a chance to got some email responses from Mark Lee, who's the assistant commissioner in the Office of Policy and Compliance in the Federal Acquisition Service. And his responses to, by email was, well, we use a variety of analysis techniques to determine fair and reasonable pricing. And, you know, FAS has always been pretty well grounded in, in how vendors kind of set their prices. And yes, you're supposed to give the government the best price, but it's also supposed to be based on what commercial market is looking like. So if, if that example I used earlier of that expert services provider is $100 an hour, then that's the lowest price that's happening in the commercial market for that person based on experience. And what Mark Lee mentioned to me in terms of you know how, how they go about deciding price analysis is they look at proposed prices and received in response to a solicitation. They compare proposed prices from a historical prices paid. They use estimation based on you know if there's significant inconsistencies. They do comparison of price lists. So there's a bunch of different ways they do it. But you don't. But but everyone's different, right? If you're a expert services provider in the D.C. area, you may cost more than someone in Omaha, Nebraska. But if you're in Seattle, you may cost more than D.C. So it's not just a everyone should be 
X dollars, there's always some give and take. And I think what the vendors are saying is there's a lot more take from GSA and a lot less giving from GSA. And it should be, again, some happy medium. So this new relatively hard line that GSA has been taking on negotiating prices seems to be a recent development. Do we have any idea what prompted it? It's hard to say for sure, but again, what the vendors and consultants and people like Larry Allen, who's a GSA expert, he's the president of Allen Federal Business Partners, said is that they think it's coming from the inspector general. Specifically, the, the inspector general slapped the wrist of GSA contracting officers because with some recent reports saying that they uh, were, were not using the tools properly, that they were not getting the best prices for the government. And in fact, if you go back to a couple reports, one was in December of 2019, where the IG found the Federal Acquisition Services pricing determination tool was not sufficient and resulted in flawed price determinations. And if you look at one, just another IG report from this past April, where the IG did some pre-award audits of 130 new or renewed scheduled contracts, and again, found problems with what they call price reasonableness determinations. Now, experts say that the fear is that the pendulum has just swung too far and the IGs are just doing a running the program instead of the agency management. And I think that has been a, a growing concern about how much impact the IG has on GSA schedule contracts and other parts of GSA because of these bad reports or these these negative reports. Well, is it fair to blame inspectors general? I mean, it, it may just be an overcorrection on the part of the agency, right? Absolutely. And it, it very much could be an overcorrection. And there's even some debate about whether or not GSA has issued new guidance, a new handbook, some updated policy to say, here's how you should negotiate prices. Again, sources tell me that they've been told from contracting officers that there are these new policies, that there are these new handbooks. I've asked GSA that question. They did not confirm or deny that there's new policy out. Only thing Mark Lee said was, oh, we continually update, look at ways to get better, give give guidance to contracting officers. But he did not come out and say in the email responses, no, there is no new policy or yes, there is a new policy. And I personally found that very interesting because if there wasn't, to me, he would just say there wasn't. But to say that, we, oh, we continually update, I think is, is definitely a sign that maybe there is something out there. Right. Okay, last thing, Jason, what are vendors telling you about what this is actually doing to their businesses in the real world? The, the big concern here is whether or not agencies, when they come to use the GSA schedules and, and are buying services at this lower price, whether or not those customer agencies are going to get what they call the A team. Are they going to get the B team or the C team or the, even the D team? In fact, Roger Waldron from the Coalition for Government Procurement, who's a lot of members, obviously do a lot of big focus on GSA, is calling this, this hard line of, of price negotiations really counterproductive. He goes, this is all about mission and you want to stay away from the brain drain. So if Agencies are coming to the schedule to buy cybersecurity services, but GSA has decided that those cybersecurity services should be, again, pick a number, $55 an hour, but in the commercial market, they're $150 an hour. The vendor who's providing at $55 an hour is not going to provide you their best people because those best people can go work for $150 an hour somewhere else. So then the agency is only getting the, net, the, the people who are worth $55 an hour. Now, someone listening to this may say, that's ridiculous. That's a lot of money to be paid. But if the market tells you it's $150 an hour is the average, then and you're only getting people that are $55 an hour, you're not going to get the highest quality people. It's just that's the way it works. And Roger Waldron also points out that GSA should keep in mind that people are your cost. There is a cost to maintain capabilities, and that doesn't go down. And he even points out that a contracting officer 
average pay over the last 20 years at GSA grew to $108,000 a year from $54,000. So again, that's a service that GSA is providing. Again, agencies, contractors, everybody else's costs are going up. Why would all of a sudden, when it comes to scheduled contracting, these services costs go down? One last thing, Jared, this is not just about services, it's also happening in the IT market. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if it happening in other parts of the schedules as well. Again, it's not maybe every single contracting officer, but it's happening enough that this is really concerning to a lot of people. Well, and also, by the way, there's price competition on the schedules themselves, unless you want to argue that all those cybersecurity service providers are colluding together to keep prices high. Absolutely. And if you think about what the schedules are, they're a ceiling and GSA and others will tell you, you always work down from that ceiling. So if you're bidding on something, of course, I'm going to bid you know, $150 an hour, and you're going to bid $149 an hour. And, and there's a third person who maybe will bid $145 an hour. And then at that point, it becomes a best value determination, which is another thing that Roger Waldron really focused on is GSA should be worried about best value, not lowest price. He even used a great term, the tyranny of low price has got to stop. Because I think for years, and you've seen this at, when covering DOD, the LPTA, lowest price technically acceptable issue, continues to rear its head too often and it has to be tamped down every few years he's not saying that this is about lpta but this is a focus on price and it should be focused on best value all right federal news network's jason miller thanks very much my pleasure jared and you can read more about the alleged gsa bullying in this week's edition of the reporter's notebook at federalnewsnetwork.com pop quiz what can you buy for 3.99 Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.